We'd like to say good morning to everyone. We thank and praise God for those of you who have joined in this morning, and those that are present, and as well as those that are online. We thank God for online community. We're looking, <clears throat> we're looking to hear a word from heaven today. Uh, so please, ma'am, and please, sir, be attentive hearing what the word of God is saying. We are living in our last days. And his, his return is a lot closer now than ever before. We, we release a blessing upon your life, those that are listening uh, and those that are present. We release the blessing of God to continuously be upon your life. Now, at this time, we're going to get ready and we're going to go forth into the word of God. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Good morning, House of Destiny. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we do want to thank you once again, as always, for helping us and being there with us. Lord, uh, we thank you for your guidance, your love, your consideration. You're a good God. And Father, we just thank you this morning for allowing us to be here, to come together in the assembly to do thy holy will as best we know how. And Father, as we go forth on this day, Father, let us remember those who are in despair, those who are coming out of wreckage. And Father, you know that we're either in something or going into something or coming out of something. So Father God, you know, and we just bless and pray that God, you will keep us, keep us close to you, Father. In Jesus' name, let church say amen. amen. Let's say amen once again. Amen. And once again for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our message today will be on eternity. There's not a whole lot preached about eternity nowadays. We seem to have sort of forgotten what this thing is all about. So we want to start from the beginning in Genesis 2, verse 7. Genesis 2, verses 7. The Bible says something like this, And God breathed form man, Form means to make his bed. He formed man out of the dust of the ground. And he breathed the breath of life into him. And man became what we call a living soul. There are two words here that we have to be very mindful of. And that is living soul. The word soul means a mindful journey with God in eternity, meaning that he entered into man, entered into a living eternity with God. Our God is an eternal God. And the fact is, is that when he released us from his bosom and gave us a conscience, 
a mind, a will, and an emotion. We went on what we call a mindful journey with God. Amos 3.3 says that how can two walk together unless they agree? So as God, when he made us as a living entity with him, when he made us this way, what we did was we went on what we call a mindful journey with him. And in the process of going through this mindful journey with him, he wanted us to walk in agreement with him throughout eternity. You see, we really don't have to wait to get to eternity. We're already in it. Once we were released from the bosom of God, we found ourselves in this place called eternity. Now, it doesn't matter where we're at right now because no matter where we are, we're going to always be in what we call some type of world, whether it's a spiritual world or whether it's a physical world. Right now, we're in the physical world. We're spiritual beings in a physical world, right? But when God breathed the breath of life into us, we became a living soul, a mindful, we, we, we went on a mindful, conscious journey with God throughout eternity at that time. And the thing is, is that God says in the book of Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11, if you turn there with me or look up on the monitor, you'll see that he hath made everything beautiful in his time. Not our time, but his time. Amen? Amen. And another thing that he did, he also set the world in their our heart. The world here means eternity in its original form. So we're talking about eternity here. God placed eternity in us. See, see, when God made us in his image and in his likeness, and I don't know why this thing is acting up this morning, but, but when God made us in his image and in his likeness, God being an eternal God, he placed us in eternity with him. And he says, now, I'm going to make all things beautiful, but I'm going to do it in my time. You see, it's not going to be in our time. It's going to be in his time. And that's why the Bible tells us that we have to run this race with patience, you see, and long-suffering, you know, because we have to go through some stuff in order for the beauty of God to come forth out of us. So he placed eternity in our heart. The reason he placed eternity in our heart is because God knew that there was going to be hardships along the way. God knew that there was going to be trials and tribulations along the way. And eternity places us in a place of hope for something better after this life. Amen? That's why he placed it in our hearts, you see, so that we could rely on the fact that there is something else that God has for us 
Abraham, the Bible says, he hoped against all hope. You know, sometimes we don't have hope in our souls. Sometimes we are destitute of the hope that we need and destitute of the faith that we need to, to, to make it through this life. But God says, now, this is the time that you have to know me, and by knowing me, you will know that I've set eternity in your heart, and you can lean on that. You can trust that. You can come to me with that. So when we deal with this and we see that he, 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 he placed eternity in our hearts so that no man can find out the work that God made from the beginning to the end. You see, eternity is far too great for us to even fathom. But nevertheless, he placed it in our heart so that we could have the hope for it. Amen. So we see here in John 17, 3, what is eternity, eternal life? What is it? Let's go to John 17, 3. John 17, 3, over there. The Bible says, and this is life eternal. We talked about eternity here. That they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Okay. We're talking about eternity. So to have this hope in eternity and to have some type of glimpse about what eternity really is, then we have to know the only true God, the Father, and we have to know Jesus Christ. Amen? Because he says this is eternal life or life eternal, that you know the Father, the true God, the only true God, and you know the one that he sent, Jesus Christ. Amen? So by knowing Jesus Christ, by being saved, it kind of kicks off that conscious effort in us because now we're striving toward the kingdom and the kingdom which is within us is an eternal place that we're all trying to get to. Very difficult to get to the kingdom of God while we're on this earth. That's why the Bible said we have to suffer our way through it. You understand what I'm saying? We have to confirm the faith of the saints. We have to comfort them. And we have to urge one another on because it says in the book of Acts that through much tribulation, through much suffering, do we enter into the kingdom of God. Amen? Now, this is word that I'm preaching up in here this morning, you know. So I don't, I, I, I don't like the, the, the... See, they don't even preach on eternity no more. You hardly ever hear about it, but that's the, what the whole message is about, eternity. But everybody caught up on what they can get. What is God going to do for me? Well, God has already died for us. Dies and rose for us, you know. He's the only one that could do it. Came as a man, died and rose for us so that we could have eternal life. Let's go to the book of Hebrews 11th chapter. Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And we're going to deal with verses 8 through, I guess, 11. Eight through ten. Amen. Over there. Can I get that on the board, please? On the monitor. 
Thank you, Lord. The Bible says by faith, Abraham, Abraham is the father of the faith of nations, okay? By faith, Abraham, when he was called Uh to go out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, he obeyed. And he went out, and he didn't even know where he was going. When we got saved, we didn't know where we were going. We still don't know where we were going because we don't have the mind that can be able to conceive what God has for us. Because it says in the Bible that in the book of Corinthians that eyes are not seen, ears are not heard, neither has been placed in the hearts of men what God has in store for them. Mm -hmm. But he says that the Spirit reveals it to us. Put it back up there, son, if you would. But Abraham, what Abraham did was he did it by faith. And because we're the children of Abraham, we have to go by faith because many are called but few are chosen. Abraham could have refused to obey, and so can we. But when he was called, he went because he trusted God. The Bible says he obeyed even though he didn't know where he was going or nothing else. We're talking about an eternal place here. Abraham wasn't looking for a physical place. Next verse, please. Verse 9. Abraham wasn't looking for, by faith, look here. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise. That's the kingdom. That's talking kingdom there. That's not a physical place. You see, when you read the Bible and all you see is what you see, the, 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 the letters in the Bible, you're missing the whole point. That's just a dress-up, you know. That's just a dress-up. To see the real us, we have to shed this physical flesh, you see. I don't know you until I connect with you, right? Right. I can see you and form an opinion, but in order to know God, we have to have a relationship. In order for us to know each other, we have to have a relationship with each other. You know, otherwise... We're not going to really know. And in order to have a relationship with somebody, you got to go through some stuff with each other. Amen? In other words, they, they, they say, through thick and thin. Mm-hmm. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country. The kingdom of God is a strange country to us. Amen? He was dwelling in tabernacles. These are the tabernacles. See, faith dwells in these tabernacles of ours with Isaac, which is joy and laughter, because he says now, be joyful and be thankful, right? And Jacob, which is the transitioning of the mind. You see, we have to be renewed in our mind. So in this tabernacle, we're walking in faith with joy of the Lord, because that's our strength, and our minds have to be renewed daily. Amen? This is a spiritual word, people, because it's through this faith, Joy and your transitioning of your mind, the Jacob in us, that's what makes us heirs with him of the same promise. Next verse. Here's what I want you to see. For he, Abraham, same as us, we should be looking, like Abraham, for a city. A city is an encounter with God which has foundations, 
whose builder and maker is who? God. Not the government, but God. That's the city. That's the nation. That's the place that we're looking for is a city, an encounter with God, which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. Not man, but God. Let's move on. Revelation 21, verse 2. Now, I've talked to those who are in an elementary state. Now, I'm going to talk to the ones that's in a mature state. Mature people have to go deeper in this thing. Put revelations up there for me, son. And I saw, and I, John, John is the grace of God. You ain't going to see nothing without God's grace. You will not see a thing without God's grace. And I, John, saw the holy city. It's a holy encounter, right? It's a new Jerusalem, which is a new peace. Amen? Mm-hmm. Look where it's coming from. Coming down from God. God's above heaven, even though he's all in heaven and everywhere else. But the new Jerusalem, the new peace is coming down from God, and then it comes out from the spiritual realm. Amen? Heaven. And look what it says. I want you to pay close attention to this here. Prepared. The new Jerusalem is prepared as a what? Who's the bride? Us. So the new Jerusalem is us. It's a new peace with God. A new encounter of peace with God. Prepared as a bride adorned for her who? Husband who is Christ Jesus. Amen? Mm-hmm. So here we are. We're seeing that all right, this thing that God is talking about is way beyond what's being seen on the conscious level. 21, Revelation 21, verses 9 and 10. Let's go there. Revelation 21, verses 9 and 10. I'm almost done. Won't be much longer. Nine and ten. Oh. Amen. Are we there? I want you to look at this. Verse nine. Speaks about an angel here, right? And there came unto me one of the seven angels. Well, we all know that this angel, according to the book of Revelation, when John got ready to bow down to him, he said, See that you don't do this because I'm one of your fellow servants, the prophets. So that was a man who had been translated and left here, and now he's an angel. Amen? Just like we'll be, because the Bible specifically states in the book of Matthew that in heaven there's not going to be no marriage between man and woman because we're going to be like the angels. That's the word of God. Amen? I don't want nobody in here disputing God's word. See, you come here to learn. You don't come here to dispute. You come here to learn the word of God. You know? And God has people in place that can teach you the word of God. It says, and that came to me 
one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and he talked with me saying, come hither and I will show thee the bride. There it is again, the lamb's wife, right? Remember where he showed New Jerusalem coming down? Just showed it to you in the Bible. And he said it was adorned as a bride prepared for a husband, right? He said, now, I'm going to show you the bride, the lamb's wife. Watch what he showed you. Next verse. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. Remember I said that, 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 that this is for the more mature? That's why. Because he carried me. You got, you, you, you got to be ready in the spirit to go to a great and high place in God in order to understand who we are as the, as the new Jerusalem. He said, now, I had to carry him. He had to be carried to this place. You see, if we want to understand this stuff, see, we got to be carried by God to the understanding of what this word is saying. And look what he did. Now, he just said, now, I'm going to show you the bride, right? The lamb's wife. He just showed you that in verse 9, right? Look what he showed him. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and he showed me that great city. I thought he was going to show him the bride. Well, he is. It's that great city, ain't it? The holy Jerusalem, right? That is, in your face. That is. You know, you heard people talking about we're going to be walking on the streets of gold. They don't understand what the Bible is saying. What is the spirit got to do with physical gold? Tell nothing. Those are abstract words that has spiritual defining meanings that can only be opened up by the Holy Spirit. He said, now, I'm going to show you that great city, the holy Jerusalem, and it's descending out of heaven from who? From God. It's got to come from God. It's got to come from God. <sighs> 16 and 17, same chapter. 21, verse 16 and verse 17. Amen? And the city, that encounter, it lies four square. Four square means that it's a total encounter with God. The Bible says when he comes, we're going to be just like him, total encounter. Because we're going to see him as he is, right? Uh-huh, that's the word of God. Mm-hmm. And the length, which represents the love, is as large as the breadth, which represents the holiness of God. And he measured the city, the encounter, with a reed, that's a measuring stick. See, God going to measure us. 12,000 furlongs. 12 is the divine purpose of God in man. Amen? God looking for his divine purpose in us. And the length, which is the love, and the holiness, which is the breath, and the height, which is the height of his, uh, the height of his, his, his ability, it all equaled itself. Amen? Everything was in equal formation. Next verse. And he measured the wall thereof. Uh huh. A hundred and forty 
on four cubits. Amen? Equals nine. When you count those numbers, here again, the Bible tells us how to count the numbers. That's 144. When you count 144, you come up with nine, right? One plus four plus four. Last I checked was nine, right? Does everybody agree with that's nine, right? The school teachers, ain't that nine? Yeah, okay. It's been a while since I've been to school, but I still remember some stuff. Nine is the Christed man, right? So he's measuring us to see whether we have reached that status in Christ. You know, he talks about how we come into the, that, 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 that he made the fivefold ministry so that we could be taught and reared up until we come into the fullness of the statue of Christ. So we're being measured here. And we're being measured to see whether we add up to this. Now watch this. And he measured the wall thereof 144 cubits according to the measure of a what? Of a man. That is of a what? Remember what I told you? When you leave here, you'll leave here a man, but you'll be translated to an angel. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen? That's the Bible. That's the Bible. So here we are. We're talking about this new Jerusalem. See, see we're so caught up on coronavirus and all this old crazy stuff that we don't forget about eternity. <laughs> Fear cancels out faith. If you want to immobilize yourself, do it in fear. Fear will cancel out your ability to go forward every time. You'll stop dead in your tracks and won't do no more but power. That's all you'll do. You'll stop. Fear will stop you from activating faith. We had a drain in our kitchen. Just had paid out $1,000 the week before. And then it cost us $252, a thing was Thursday, past Thursday, a few days ago, to get our kitchen sink unclogged. You see? Now, water couldn't flow through that thing until it got unclogged. Fear will clog up the floor of your faith. Did you hear me? What are you afraid of? There's nothing to fear but fear itself. The Bible says he didn't give us a spirit of fear. But when a love, power, and a sound mind. Who reports you going to believe? What you scared of? Oh, the coronavirus, coronavirus. But you go everywhere else. You ain't worried about no coronavirus. And when, when, when that man tell you to come to work, you be at work. Huh? What, what about corona then? And you working right there beside folk. That you don't know where they've been. But you can't come here and practice social distancing. You see, that's us. That's us, y'all. That's truth. Truth is not designed to hurt you. Truth is designed to make us look at ourselves so that we can do better. A lot of people get mad at the truth. But the truth don't care whether you get mad at it, young man. Truth still going to stand the truth, and I guarantee you, you'll come back around to it. 
Because life's going to bring you right back around to that thing that you left because you didn't like him. Amen? Won't truth that do that to you? Won't it? Won't it? See, the truth is to wake us up because, you know, disciples are notorious at sleeping. You can see that all in the Bible. They slept during the translation. They slept on the boat. They're always sleeping. They slept in the Garden of Gethsemane. They're always sleeping. In other words, they're not conscious of the word. They hear the word, but it don't penetrate. And if it don't penetrate, then God can't do what he need to do for us when he need to do it. So we're talking about this new Jerusalem. We're talking about it. And he says, now this thing is measured as a man. Last verses, Ephesians 2, verse 21 and 22. I'm going to wrap it on up. Ephesians 2, 21 and 22. Amen. The word says here, watch this, in whom all the building, the new Jerusalem, the building, is fitly, what? The assembly. It's fitly framed together. Mm-hmm. Fitly framed. It's not just put together any kind of way, right? It's fitly framed. You see, what God is doing, God already knows how many people, how many souls he needs to build that new Jerusalem. Amen? He already knows it. But he gives us the option through the technique of whosoever will let him come. But he already know how many he need and he already know how many going to come. He knows how many is going to be measured correctly. Amen? So in the building, it's all fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. Amen? Talking about that new Jerusalem. It's a temple. Now, here's how this thing works, people. Here's how it works. Anybody know anything about a sawmill? The Bible says we trees of righteousness, right? Planted by the Lord, right? Okay. There's this thing called circumcision. That's the sawmill, right? Now, when a tree is cut down, right, and taken to the sawmill, it's what we call circumcised. It's cut on, right? Some of them, Become two by fours, two by sixes, two by eights, you know, lattice strips, you know, all kinds, right, to make the building, right? See, our souls are being circumcised. We're in the sawmill of life, and God is circumcising us to fit, fitly frame. See, you might be a two by four. I might be a lattice strip. That's that little thing, right? Somebody, yeah. But you see, the problem with the church is the church always want to see big things. But everything that's, when you're building a house, every one of them pieces, you need. If you're building this building and you leave off that running board there, you got a mess. 
It's just as important as anything else in here. If you want it to be right. Fitly framed together, right? Mm -hmm. So what God is doing here, God is using the technique of circumcision to make every one of us the type of board from the tree that he needs to fitly frame that holy temple together. Are y'all with me? Yeah. All right. Now, you might be one kind of plank. I'm another kind of plank, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody in here is a different type plank. But we're all a fitly framed together. That's why they call it the assembly. They don't call it the gathering. If you hear somebody talking about we gathered together, you need to run like hell and get up out of there. At your job, you gather the parts. Mm -hmm. But they assemble them over there being done. Yeah. This is different. This is different. Then gathering all the parts, then having all the parts assembled. See? And that's where the church misses a lot of stuff at again, too, because they don't understand that this is the assembly. It is not the gathering, but it's the Assembly. Somebody say assembly. Mm -hmm. Verse 22 said, In whom this thing grows into the temple of the Lord, in whom ye also are built up, how? Together. For a habitation of who? Uh-huh. Through what? So, the new Jerusalem is made up of us. We are what we call the planks of the city. We are the building material of the city. Amen. But who's the, who's the city being built for? God. It's a habitation for who? God. Through what? The Spirit. Amen. So here you have a city that's 1,500 miles each way. When you count in four corners, 1,500 miles each way. Now, when you count 1,500, you got 1 plus 5 plus 0 plus 0 equals 6, right? 6 is the number of man. goes right back to man. That's why you got to be able to count the numbers. Or you're going to be looking for something up there. It ain't going to never show. Because that ain't what God's talking about. This is a mystery. And theology has screwed this Bible up. And these preachers from these pulpits, I could take a battering ram and just beat the 98% of them in the head. Because quite frankly, they make me sick. Quite frankly, they do. From the stuff that I hear them preaching and the way that they got the poor folk just, just stupid as a mule. You know, a mule's stupid, but a mule got sense enough when he get tired, he'll quit and go to the barn. When a, who in here plowed a mule? I have. When a mule get tired, that's it. I'm gone. Now, you can do what you want to, but he'll drag you and everything else. It's barn time. It's time to go to the barn. You know what I'm saying? But our people in the church, they just... They still on this 
low-level knowledge. When are we going to grow up? When are we going to get beyond the look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor and all that old stupid stuff, you know? When are we going to get beyond that and get a word from God? I mean, by now, do you think I'd be paying these preachers 50000 100000 half million dollars, million dollars a year to preach and teach to me, recycle, recycle stuff? He said we're growing into a temple of God, right? That means we got to continuously go higher and higher and higher. And the only way you go higher is through knowledge, right? You know what I'm saying? That's why you go from kindergarten to first grade, from first grade to second grade. See, now what I look like, I'm 65 years old, almost 66 years old, and I'm still in sixth grade. And I'm looking stupid. What happened to you? I stayed back. Why? Because I didn't learn. I didn't learn. And whatever it is that we don't learn, we're bound to commit it again. We're bound to do it again until we learn, until it penetrates our mind, see. Because the mind is a demon, see. It's got a little demon up in there. What it'll do is, like I told you before, it will show you the good times of Egypt. But it won't show you when you had to make them bricks without straw and you getting beat on by the master or the master's plantation boys. You understand what I'm saying? See, it don't show you that. Oh, master made some good biscuit. Yeah, but you don't, you don't remember what you had to go through to get them biscuits. You know, that's the same way it is with us when we go out here and we forget about what God has told us to do and, and, and we go and we do our own thing and next thing you know, look, I put a thing on Facebook, you can either suffer the pains of discipline or you can suffer the pains of regret. And I'm tired of suffering the pains of regret. Because you're going to suffer either way you go. But the thing is, is once suffering leads to a better day, and it don't give you hangovers. Or you can suffer the pains of regret. And with regret comes poverty and everything else. Because you had it and now you don't. Been there, done that, know all about it. So eternity is the place that we're looking for. We're trying to get to the New Jerusalem. We're not only trying to get there, we're trying to be a part of it. We're trying to be a part of the material that God uses for this new encounter, this holy city, the New Jerusalem. Because the New Jerusalem is not a place, but it's a per se. But it's a people. It's a people of God who are fitly Framed together. And God is living inside for his habitation in us through the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise.